Porn Free Radio, Episode 7. Welcome to Porn Free Radio. I'm Matt Dobschutz. Porn Free Radio is a new podcast aimed at creating meaningful connections with people who want to get free from porn addiction. This weekly podcast provides the tools and strategies to live 100% porn free. In this episode, we'll talk about what my dad didn't tell me about porn. Well, this week in America is a holiday called Father's Day. It's coming up on Sunday. And I was thinking about my dad and thinking about this issue of porn addiction. And uh, I thought of a story. And I mentioned in episode two, uh, you can listen to it at pornfreeradio.com slash two. Um, I told a story about how uh, when I was unemployed, after a couple years of porn addiction recovery, I found a way to act out. I was looking for a job. I was unemployed. I was looking for a job. And during the day to keep myself safe, I would go to my dad and mom's house and uh, apply for jobs and send emails and things like that. At home, my home computer was locked up and um, only my wife had the combination for that. Um, So it was a way that I had found myself, you know, a way I could keep myself safe. Uh, But in sort of my addiction, I found a way to act out. And what I did was I burned a a pornographic video to a VCD um, CD-ROM. And it was something that could play in our DVD player. So I came home and watched it and and, um, lost my sobriety. And I told about how I talked to my wife about that and how powerful it was when I talked to her and it it kind of uncovered this lie that I believed about myself about that I was unlovable. But I really felt convicted at the time that I needed to kind of let my dad know what had happened. Um, partly because I just wanted, I still needed to look for a job. I was still unemployed and I wanted to um, let him know just to expose myself a little bit so that I had some accountability when I actually came over to my parents' house. And, um, so I took my dad to breakfast and I had told my dad a little bit about my story, but I hadn't gone into a lot of detail. And so at breakfast, at some point I brought up my history and, uh, what I had been working on with my porn addiction And then I told him about how I had used his computer to download this movie and put it on the the CD-ROM. And and it was, you know, it was embarrassing. And, um, but what I remember is my dad was sitting across from me at this restaurant. And I just remember silence. Nothing came back when I told him this. Um, There wasn't any affirmation. There wasn't any words of of, uh, encouragement. It was just, he was just silent. He just had this passivity. And immediately the pause, the silence, what it made me feel was shame. I felt like I was just the biggest loser in the world. My dad was just 
not saying anything because, you know, he must have just thought I was a loser. And I don't remember even how the breakfast ended. I just remember this silence. And maybe it was only a couple minutes or, you know, maybe it was 30 seconds. Um, But it just seemed like an eternity as I had sort of confessed this, uh, this failure and, you know, had a lot of shame about it. And I just stared across at my dad and he just said nothing. And, um, it was just very painful. Um, and I, it just stuck with me. And, and one of the things that I felt like even as an adult that that told me was, you know, your dad doesn't want to talk about this with you. This is too hard for him to talk about, or he doesn't know what to say. And so you should just keep it from him. You shouldn't try to talk to him about it. And I think that's sometimes what we tell ourselves when we tell someone and, and they don't have the right reaction. We kind of, we kind of go back into ourselves and say, you know what, we should have never shared this. We should have just kept it a secret. We should have just kept it hidden. But ultimately, that doesn't serve us well. And so I want to talk about fathers today and, and talk about their role in speaking into to us growing up, um, those of us who struggle with porn addiction. I was reading a book by uh, Henry Nowen, who is a, a deceased uh, uh, priest, and he, he said this comment that this generation, and he kind of referred to a modern generation, I think, in the 80s, but it applies to us. Um, he, he said there were three characteristics of this generation uh, that were preoccupied with self and inwardness, that there's... Um, a rampant fatherlessness in our culture and that there's a convulsiveness uh, in our generation. And convulsiveness is sort of a reactionary, sort of violent uh, taking things uh, into one's own hands kind of response to things. And as I think about those of us who struggle with porn addiction and the internet and uh, masturbation, I feel like this is so fitting. There is sort of a preoccupation with self. You know, just think of just sort of the narcissism and the self-gratifying kind of posture that we have as we're searching on the internet for that perfect thing that will uh, stimulate us or get us excited Uh, Think about sort of that inwardness that we have as we create this fantasy life in our head and meet our own needs perfectly. You know, we, we learn to tease our body and kind of, you know, um, stroke it along, so to speak, um, to the perfect sort of self-satisfaction. And at the same time, Many of us are fatherless, and it's maybe dad was there, um, but he wasn't near enough to make a difference. There was a passivity in dad, kind of like my dad. My dad was there and very loving, 
But there was just places where he failed to speak or failed to encourage me, failed to affirm me. And so for many of you, dad wasn't there at all. He was very distant or far away. You were physically separated from dad from, on a regular basis. But for others, dad was there, but he wasn't near enough. There was a passivity, an absence, a lack of pre- presence. And so what that communicates to us um, as kids is, is, is profound. And, you know, I've talked about the way kids interpret things. And so when dad is passive, when dad's not near enough, when he's absent, um, there rises in us an insecurity. There rises in us that maybe that question, are we lovable? Are we worth loving? And, uh, you know, that was definitely a struggle with me. So now one talks about this convulsiveness. And so in our fatherlessness and our self-inwardness, we become very reactionary. Something happens in life, you know, a stressor, some, something gets us upset, and all of a sudden we immediately go into our uh, self-satisfaction, our self-soothing postures. And so addictions and soft addictions become... Um, just so prevalent to us, you know, whether it's turning on the TV, whether it's going to porn, whether it's overeating, whether it's sex, whether it's alcohol, our whole generation is designed to sort of press in and give in whenever there's a stressor, whenever there's something hard in our life. And because we don't have that that strength, that, that identity that dad has spoken into, there's, there's, a, there's a more of a weakness and a bentness that we have. And so, you know, I've heard us, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, this idea of, you know, like Peter Pan, you know, there's this group of lost boys that are just all around each other trying to figure it out together but there's no one boy who's a great leader. There's no one boy who's figured it out. And so many of us have been surrounded by, by boys and, and other peers who can't really help us, who can't help us figure things out. And so we end up sort of not really having anyone that we can go to. And so I just think about that this week is like, you know, what did our dad communicate about porn? Um, What did he say about our sexuality? What did he speak into your life? Now, there's all these things that we, we, we needed when we were growing up. We needed dad to tell us that we were lovable or, or worth loving. We needed him to communicate um, what our boundaries were. We needed him to challenge us to take risks. You know, we needed his protection. Um, We needed the good of his authority. You know, we could have really used dad modeling good relationships and, 
And healthy sexuality with mom or with with the mother, um, with your mother, you know, um, those are things we needed, you know, from him. But, you know, for honest, uh, even good dads, you know, don't meet all our needs. And so, you know, sometimes there was an absence or a gap. And then there was also dads, I'm sure that some of you had dads that misused their presence or misused their power or authority. And that just creates a lot of fear and that creates more anxiety, which, you know, if we're sort of this fatherless convulsive generation, that that anxiety that's created by a powerful dad who misuses his power, an abusive dad, uh, that plays right into our self-protecting, self-satisfying, reactionary, fatherless posture. And of course, you know, some of us had just really poor models of manhood, whether it was dad's own sexuality, infidelity, his own use of pornography, you know, how many how many boys and girls were first exposed to porn by finding their dad's stash or finding something their dad had left um, out or open? You know, so it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. So think about that. You know, I think a lot of us come to our porn struggle very isolated, and we don't really look at the contributing factors. What in the environment of our childhood, what in the environment of us growing up contributed to uh, us being ensnared and kind of uh, trapped by this addiction? And, you know, the sad truth is that dad had some role in it, that that there was some places that um, dad could have been there for us in a more a strong way and a way that could have helped us. But, you know, it's, I want to say that there's hope for you that there is, um, it's better late than never that you start to recognize the places where you were fatherless, where you didn't get what you needed. Um, Because as you make new attachments and friendships, as you sort of develop healthy relationships, um, you can restore some of those bonds. Um, I was reading a book um, by Gregory Boyle, another priest actually, called Tattoos on the Heart, and he has a quote. He works with a lot of kids coming out of the gang lifestyle. And, you know, in the gang lifestyle, there's a lot of fatherlessness. And so he says it's it's... It's in an offering, better late than never, of that parent-child bond that tells the fatherless that they're lovable. And I just want to tell you that you're lovable, that there's a, uh, a uniqueness to you, a worth, that you're lovable. And it's better late than never that you hear this, that... Um, you can create new attachments and new relationships um, that you don't have to live in a convulsive, reactive, fatherless, selfish, inward place. That you can have 
deep relationships. So what didn't my dad tell me about porn? Well, I, I mentioned that he, he really had trouble even talking about it as an adult. So he didn't tell me anything. Um, you know, and um, uh, I remember one conversation about pornography that came up. I think the, um, I think between my mom and dad, we talked about pornographic magazines and I, somehow it came up and I don't know if I asked a question about these magazines, but my mom said, you know, my dad kind of said, yeah, these are, these magazines can be kind of tempting to look at. And my mom quickly said to my dad, well, you don't struggle looking at those magazines. And then my dad didn't say anything. And so I had already seen a couple of those magazines and I was very interested in them. And so when I heard that from my mom, I heard that, well, first of all, that my dad didn't look at those magazines, whether that was true or not, I'm not sure, or wasn't interested in looking at them. But I heard another message that anyone who looked at those magazines um, was shame, you know, shameful. It was a shameful thing or it was something horrible. And so that's the only conversation I recall growing up um, that my parents had. And my dad almost said nothing. He, he tried to say that there was some temptation or something about them, a, a lure or a draw, you know, something that would draw you to them as a man. But my mom quickly, you know, stifled him. And so, um, so here's something, here's a few things I wish dad would have said to me. Um, one of them was that I'm not the only one. I felt so isolated with this. Um, I just, I mean, I knew some friends who struggled with it, but, um, I just felt like I couldn't talk about it with anybody. And, um, and so just to be told that, Hey, you know, like even in that moment when we were talking about the magazines, um, if he acknowledged, uh, in a more forceful way that, Hey, these things are out there and they are very attractive. There's a, there's a very, um, there's an allure to them, an allure. There's something about them that draws you to them that you're not the only one who feels that, that, that would have been something important for me to hear. Another thing that would have been helpful is to hear that, that these magazines, that this pattern of looking at porn was actually dangerous. Um, I think of, you know, dads teaching sports and teaching, you know, say hunting or something like that. And I think a lot of times dads are really good at creating, at, at teaching about danger. You know, this is how you load your rifle, or this is the uh, appropriate way to, to bat um, so that your body is protected when the baseball comes in. You know, dads are pretty good at, sh at teaching about danger in sporting activities. And yet, there's no, there was no communication growing up of the danger of pornography, of the da danger of sexual addiction, or um, 
potentially the the harm of it. And so that was kind of strange because I felt like it was it was bad or I didn't think it was a good thing, but I don't think I realized how dangerous it could be to to my life. Um, just from an addiction point of view, from a relational point of view, um, that it was a very dangerous habit. Um, Another thing I would have loved for him to say to me was that that ultimately it didn't meet the need I was looking for, that the connection, the relational part of it, just can never be satisfied in pornography. And uh, I don't know if I would have understood that as a kid, but I think if he would have explained that some more and communicated it, I think it would have, I think it would have rang more true to me the older I got because I became very or very disillusioned with it. But yet I was so addicted by the time I got into my 20s that I couldn't break it. And of course, I didn't talk to anybody about it. So um, I think that would have been valuable. Another thing that he could have given me was the hope that porn can be can be and should be avoided that that it's possible to live without porn that your friends can be looking at it you can be getting people can be emailing it to you or passing it around um, but that it's something that doesn't have to define your life that you don't have to have it you can say no to it you know we we talk so much to kids about saying no to drugs and not giving into peer pressure with alcohol and all these things. And yet porn is completely not talked about. And it is possible to live without porn. And it's, it's actually healthier, I think, as a kid who's developing their sexuality to not be exposed to thousands of images of pornographic acts. I mean, I don't think any... Uh, psychology professor, any sort of even liberal um, sex positive person would would agree that watching thousands of pornographic images um, and and adult sexual scenes would help a growing you know teenager that that somehow would be helpful to their mental development. And I think that you know, we should be communicating that that porn can and should be avoided. And I think the last thing, and I don't know if I would have got this as a kid, but this idea that it could damage your sexuality, that the more that you, that you self-satisfy, the more that you go inward in your sexuality, the less you have to give another in a positive, healthy sexual relationship. I believe that sexuality is called to, is created as a good thing um, to bring us out of ourselves, to make us connect on a, on a very intimate level with another. And pornography, sexual addiction, masturbation, those kind of things just really pull us away from others. It makes us go inward. It's a selfish um, thing. And so the more that we indulge in that, the more that sort of we train our bodies to respond to that selfish, inward um, uh, behavior, the harder it is for us to have 
meaningful sexual relationships with our with our wives or our partners. And so I think that would have been the last thing I would have liked him to to say to me. So yeah, just just to reiterate those this this idea that I'm not the only one. I would have loved dad to say that that it's dangerous that it ultimately doesn't meet the need I'm looking for, that it can and should be avoided, and that it damages uh, healthy sexuality, that it damages the, the potential of future sexuality. The more that you give into it, the more um, your future sexuality could be harmed by it, your, your future sexual relationships. And if my dad did those things, if he said those things to me, Um, perhaps the most important thing would have been communicated to me, that it's okay to talk about these things, that this is a subject that you can talk about, um, that it's not so uh, shameful that you could never have a conversation about it. And if we talked about some of this stuff early, um, maybe before I got so addicted or got so sort of um, swallowed up in it, it would have made it a lot easier to come back to him and if the communication was open. Um, and even if he said, hey, you don't have to talk to me about these things, but you should be talking to someone, that would have at least communicated that he was safe and that, um, that he was behind me. And that. Um, so I think even as I grew older, it would have been easier to talk to him and to ask for help. And, um, and so I wish he would have done that. Now, I've talked to him a little bit about this. And, and over the years, we've kind of, he's, he's heard more of my story. And um, there was an article that was recently published on a blog, and I'll link to this in the show notes, where I tell a story early on about recovering um, in the first 30 days when I was in recovery uh, for porn addiction. And my dad actually read the story. And um, it, it was funny because he read the story at my house and I was kind of waiting for a word from him, you know, either an affirmation like that was a good story or something from him. And and typical of my dad, he was quiet. He didn't say anything. And of course, I thought back to that restaurant where he sat silently. And I thought, oh, great. Here goes dad again. He read this story that was hard for me to write. And he is silent again. And I was kind of bummed out and disappointed. But, you know, I guess I had kind of grown to expect that a little bit. Um, but the next day, I received an email from my dad. And he wrote this to me. And I want to finish the episode with this. Um, He wrote, Dear Matt, I was deeply touched by your journey. Not one I would have chosen or would have wanted to spare you of. What was I to do as a dad in such a place of unknowing? I'm so grateful that God himself redeemed you and put you in a place of peace. As Simon said, my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared. 
And I was really struck by this because this this really does speak to my dad's um, challenge with with passivity and 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 sort of a lack of presence. You know, he he was deeply touched. So there was so the truth is he was touched by it. There was a place that he connected. And there was a part of him that would have wished that he could have spared me this. But this was the truest statement that I feel like he said. What was I to do as a dad in such a place of unknowing? And I think that there's some truth to that. Is He didn't know what to do. And he didn't know. You know? The stuff that I was learning growing up and the stuff that I was struggling with, he just didn't know. Should he have known? Maybe. But he didn't. And so... There's a gratefulness in him now that 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 um, you know that there's been a redemption here that that I've gotten to a new place of peace, and he recognizes that. But you know there was an unknowing with him. So you know on Father's Day this this week, think about what you didn't get. Think about some of those gaps, but. You know, maybe there were some things that dad gave you that were good. And maybe there was an inheritance that he gave you. Maybe there were some things about you um, that he did establish in you and help you with. And so focus on those things. And look for ways to acknowledge what you didn't get. Look for ways to acknowledge the needs that were not met. It's not too late. It's not too late. It's Better late than never um, to start working on that place where you feel fatherless, where you feel uh, like someone didn't really help you, um, you know, create boundaries and safety for yourself. You can start doing that for yourself now. So that's about all the time I have this week. I want to really thank you for listening And I really want to thank all the people who've been reviewing the show on iTunes, either by rating it or actually writing a review. I did find out that you can rate it without putting your name on a review. So if you want to be a little more private about your listening, uh, you can just put uh, an actual rating. Uh, But for those of you who reviewed it, I really appreciated it. I, um, you know, it's hilarious last week. Um, I was on new and noteworthy for the sexuality category and the Christianity category or the religion category. So I thought that that was hilarious. I think this has got to be a first for iTunes uh, to appear on those two lists. On one list, I'm with Dr. Drew and uh, I think it's Dan Savage and RuPaul. And then on another list, I'm with um, Joel Austin and Timothy Keller and uh, some famous pastors who I don't recognize, T.D. Jakes and other guys. So it's hilarious uh, to be in those two and two categories. And, you know, it's in good company. You know, many of those people I would love to meet uh, on both sides. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome that you're listening and reviewing and finding value in what we're doing here. Um, 
So I just want to thank you. And I want I want all the dads out there to have a happy Father's Day. And, uh, you know, if you have a, uh, a young son or daughter uh, who's growing up, um, you know, look for ways uh, to introduce them um, to healthy sexuality. Look, look for ways to talk and create bridges. And uh, um, I'll actually put a couple links up. I've been reading a site uh, called Covenant Eyes. And uh, there's a couple articles about talking to your teenagers about pornography. And so both daughters and sons. So I'll, I'll find those links and I'll put those on the show notes. It'll be at pornfreeradio.com slash seven this week. Pornfreeradio.com slash seven will be the show notes for this show. And so once again, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.